Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. But I want you to praise him uh, for the God that he was, for the God that he is, and for the God who he's going to be. Amen. So on count of three, give God the praise. One, two, three. God. Yay! Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And f- we've already given honor to God, and that's what we're supposed to do first. But I also want to give... Uh, honor to Pastor Steve and Pastor Julie. Uh, we have a wonderful group of leaders that lead us, amen. Selflessly, they give her their own. They mentor others. Uh, this is not a place where it's all about them. As you see, there's other people that lead worship, and there's other people that preach. <laughs> they gave the mic to me today, so good luck with that. But um, I want to give honor where honor is due. We sometimes take who we have in front of us for granted and we have a fantastic couple that leads us into the presence of God and also gives us word and also gives of their own times when they've been struggling themselves and they give of their own of their time and I want you to know that we should not take them for granted amen amen Now, I know for some of you, standing up and giving God the praise may not be easy to do based on the type of year that you've had. I know it might not be easy based on the trials and the struggles and the heartache and the pain that you've been through. I know it might not have been easy because of the emptiness that some of you may have felt this year, an emptiness that you thought couldn't be filled by anything or any other person. But there is a question I do want to ask you this morning. It's a question that I've asked myself constantly over the past three to four months is a question that I've asked myself uh, standing in the shower, standing in front of a mirror, and it's a question that I want you to ask yourself, not just now, not just throughout this year, but make this a lifestyle change. The question I want to ask you is, will you sing in the rain? Will you sing in the rain? Now, I'm not going to stand up here and sing the song or dance, but that's not going to happen. As some of you know, my balance sometimes isn't the greatest. But um, will you sing in the rain? I believe the rain sometimes has gotten a bad rap over the years. We look at rain negatively. Uh, there's a lot of things that I've heard when I've been growing up, when I've been a child, when I've, when, even as an adult. Right, some of those phrases may be, when it rains, it pours. How many of you have heard that before? Um, don't let it rain on my parade. Uh, it's raining cats and dogs. Now, if cats decide to plummet to the earth from the sky, I'm okay with that. I'm a dog guy. Sorry to all you cat lovers. Uh, Oh, I got to clap. That's good. Um, And again, some of these phrases I don't necessarily agree with. I don't necessarily believe. Like, if it rains at a funeral, then that means one of the family members are going to die. I don't believe that. But that's what I've heard when I was growing up. Also, if it rains when the sun is out, then that means that the devil is beating his wife. I don't know how they came up with that one. I don't know the premise or the story behind that one. I just heard it when I was a kid. Or when it thunders, that means that the angels are moving furniture around. 
I'm like, you're in heaven. Can't you just command it to go and go? But anyway, um, those are phrases that I've heard throughout my life, and I've questioned some of them. But I wonder for so many years why people dislike the rain, why we think of the rain badly. Now, I know if you're at a baseball game or if you're at a park, you don't want it to rain. If you're washing your car, I don't think you want it to rain either. But have (laughs) – Charlie, you just washed your truck, didn't you? Um, but we also sometimes need to think about the benefits of the rain. Have we really spent time to truly think about what good comes from the rain? We know that rain brings life. We know it washes clean. It signifies being blessed. Many times we'll look at the storms and the rains of our life the same way. Now, I don't want us to go through pain. I don't want us to go through heartache. That's not what I'm saying. But there are times when it rains on us. There are times that we go through storms. There are times when we experience things that we don't want to experience. But what do we do with those? While I was preparing, I decided to look at one particular person in the Bible who experienced storms in their life, who experienced rain in their life. And some of these things, we couldn't possibly imagine it happening to us. But I wanted to look and see how they handled those situations how they replied to the rainstorms in their life and how they answered despite what their friends may have said, despite also what their family may have said. So I want us to look at the story of Job this morning. We want to start in chapter 1 of Job, verses 9 through 12. Most of us already know the story of Job. In the first chapter of Job, we see that Satan has said that he is roaming the earth and, and watching on what's going down here. And as a proud father does, God says, have you looked at my servant, Job? He's a man of integrity. He's a man of God, and he loves me. Have you looked at him? And we see Satan's reply here, starting in verse 9. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take everything away he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you can test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. If we read on, we see that Job loses his livestock, he loses his servants, and he also loses his shepherds. We pick it back up at verse 18, and it says here, while one of Job's messengers was speaking, another messenger arrived. Your sons and daughters were feasting at their oldest brother's home, suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's room, womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Job's storm wasn't over at that point. We see that Satan goes back and he says to God that, hey, a man will give up everything that he has just to save his life. And then after that, he will curse you. So God said, you know what? I will allow you to strike him with bulls from his head to his toes. But he said, do not take his life. So we pick up the story in Job chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said unto him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. 
Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never bad? So in all this, Job said, nothing wrong. This brings a question to mind. Some of us may not like this question. I know I didn't like this question when it came to me. It's a question that I think is important because it also talks about our thought process. How many times do we follow the same thought process of Satan? How many times do we think the exact same way? We have no problem praising God when things go well. We have no problem praising God when we can pay our bills. We have no problem praising God when our health is great, when our car cranks without worry, when you and your spouse or someone else doesn't argue for six months, when your kids aren't acting a fool. You have no problem praising God. Amen. But let all that change. We stop reading the word. We stop praying the way we should because we don't want to. We stop praising God like we used to because we just don't feel like it. We stop looking at it. We stop looking at things that uh, we should be looking at. We stop listening to the things that we should listen to. We stop listening to Caleb. We stop listening to Air One. We stop listening to our music. We get in a funk. How many times do we do that when things aren't going well? Unfortunately, sometimes that is a norm. I'm not saying I haven't been there. I've been there before. But we're not called to do things as normal, are we? We're not called to be normal. Our normal flies in the face of worldly wisdom. That's not what we do. It brings me to my first point. What we see as normal, remember, others will see as abnormal. They're going to look at you and think, why do you do what you do? That's not what normal people do. That's not how normal people react. We see Job's wife ask that same question. We see that's the reaction from her, questioning why is he still being an honorable man of God? Asking, why are you still giving God the praise? Why are you still worshiping him? Why are you still doing this? Why are you continuing to praise a God that continues to allow bad things to happen to you? Why are you still doing that? We see that all the time. I hear it all the time because I chose to be abnormal. It doesn't mean that I don't know what my circumstance is. It doesn't mean that I don't know what's going on. It doesn't mean that I decide... To be an ostrich and stick my head in the sand, it just means that I know that God is true. Amen. It means that I know that God is God. And with God, still all things are possible. Praising in the midst of your rainstorm may look and feel abnormal. But the reason we're doing that is because we're looking for an abnormal breakthrough. I'll say it again. Praising in the midst of your rainstorm may look and feel abnormal, but the reason we do that is because we need God to show up and to show out. We need God to continue to show himself faithful. We're looking for an abnormal breakthrough. If I need to bust down a house and it's huge, I'm not going to use a little toy bulldozer, am I? I'm going to use something that's going to be comparable to taking that down. So my abnormal praise should beget an abnormal breakthrough. Amen. There's a young songwriter. Well, he was young then. He's not young now. Back, <laughs> back in 1985, he tapped into uh, the thought process of Job when he, when he wrote this song. Some of you may know it. Some of you may not. Uh, I won't tell him if you do, because that does date yourself like it does me. But I'm going to read some of the verses. 
Every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. So don't worry. Be happy. There you go. And got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. So the landlord said your rent is late. You may have to litigate. So don't worry. Be happy. And got no cash. Ain't got no style. Ain't got no girl or guy to make you smile. So don't worry. Be happy. If the young Bobby McFerrin can tell me to keep a smile on my face when things don't go right, if he can tell me not to worry and to be happy when it seems like my world is crumbling down all around me, how do I not trust a God that has shown himself faithful to me day in and day out? How do I not believe and give him the praise no matter what's going on around me, no matter if it seems like it's going in shambles, how do I not still praise him? How do I not still give him the glory for the life that he has given me? Amen. We need to remember that if we have God on our side, everything's going to be all right. Yeah, it hurts. It stinks. It's painful. I understand. But still, God is our deliverer. Amen. Like I said before, this doesn't mean that we're not aware of what's going on. It simply means that we know that God still and will take care of us. It doesn't mean that we don't see what's going on. It doesn't mean that we're walking around with blinders. Just because we praise him doesn't mean that we don't know our circumstances around us. I've, I've, I've actually had people say, well, that just means that you just don't care. If you're not worried about it, then I'm not worried about it. It doesn't mean that I don't care. It just means that I'm giving my cares to someone else. Just because you praise does not mean that you're ignoring your circumstance. It does not mean that you've thrown in a towel and you've just given up. It doesn't mean that you don't see what's going on. It means that I've chosen, no matter what the situation is, that I've chosen, no matter what's going on, to continue to praise the God that I love, continue to praise the God that has given me joy, that has given me peace, that has given me life, and I choose still to give him the glory and to give him the praise, no matter what, amen? I'm reminded of the story of God leading the children of Israel uh, across the Jordan, Joshua instructed his men to take 12 stones and to build a memorial. This is not in your notes, but it's in Joshua chapter 4, verses 21 through 24. It says, Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river before your very eyes, and he kept it dry until we were all across just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had crossed over. He did this so all nations of the earth might, not, might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. They did it as a remembrance. Remembering what God had done for them in the past. Remember how he had delivered them in the past. That's key. When we continue to think of what God has done for us, we can then praise him and believe that he is going to carry and deliver us through any rainstorm that may come our way. 
we then still have the faith to know and to understand and to believe that no matter what I'm going through right now, the mess that I'm standing in right now, the heartache and the pain that I'm standing in right now, I just look to the left and I know that God has delivered me before. So if he delivered me then, he'll deliver me now, and he'll deliver me in the future. That's what we have to remember. That's why Joshua put the stones there. there was, it was a memorial so people, the children, the children's children, would understand for us to know that God will always deliver. I used to say to my daughter constantly, and I still do, that I'm not going to tell you to do anything or suggest anything that I haven't already done. Over the past three to four months, I've had to do the exact same thing. I've had to constantly think about, look at the stones that I've placed before to remember what God has done for me in the past. And some of these things that God delivered me from or God delivered us through, some of them I don't even remember because I was too young to even know that it was a storm. But it still shows that God was with me then. I was born too much premature. Weighed four pounds, two ounces, went down to two pounds, four ounces. Some of you may not believe that, but that's what happened. I had surgery. Two days later, they sent me home to die. I said I wouldn't make it through the night. I'm still here. I fell six feet head first into a concrete slab. Didn't break my neck. Had a concussion. I probably should have been paralyzed from the neck down. I'm still here. We were told that our daughter would be stillborn. That she wouldn't be there. She's still here. Had my company shut down and still find employment weeks later with no stoppage of pay. How many know in this day and time, that's a blessing. God still looked out for us. Amy being told that she might not be able to walk ever again. And then 16 months later, some of you all witnessed it, her doing a 5K. That's God saying, you know what? Even through your struggle and through your mess, I still have you. Losing half of our household income and still being able to live, I thank God for delivering us through that mess. I had to choose to make sure that I remembered those things. I had to make sure that the chains that were weighing me down weren't the chains that were going to keep me from praising God. And that brings me through my, to my third point. We need to transform the chains of our struggles into the fuels of our praise. That fuel is what is going to propel us to our breakthrough. We need to let the storms that are in our lives not weigh us down. Instead of letting your storms quench your praise, instead of allowing the weights of your circumstance to stifle your praise or to stifle your voice, what we need to do is to flip the script. Some of us, I think we need to be Optimus Prime and transform those change, those struggles that we have into the praise that we have for our God. We need to make sure that the heartache and the despair and the misery that we have, we immediately turn that into praise and give God the glory because he is the one that's going to get us through. Amen. That's no different than what Job did. Smack dab in the middle of his biggest storm that he has ever endured, he still chose to praise God. He still chose. Yeah, he, he ripped his clothes. He grieved. But in the end, he fell to the ground and he did what? He worshiped. He gave God the glory. He said, praise the name of the Lord. Because that's what we do. It's not normal. It doesn't feel normal. 
We're not, we, we may not want to do it, but yet and still, we have to because he's still a God that delivers. He's still a God that cares. Amen. We see it, like I said in verse 12, Job said, the Lord gave me what I had. The Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. I've heard people say that when they talk about Job, we describe you, they say you have the patience of Job. Did Job have patience? Of course he did. Tremendous patience. But I kind of want people to start saying something different about how to describe us and if they're talking about Job. Instead of having people say that you have the patience of Job, I want people to start saying about us that we have the praise of Job. That we, no matter what we're going through, we're going to continue to give God the glory, continue to give God the praise. I was reminded of a song. It's an old gospel song. Some of you might like gospel. Some of you might not. But I believe it's the, it's the kingdom truth inside these words is what matters. There's a song that was written by Byron Cage called Yet Praise Him. The chorus of this song goes like this. Yet praise him, magnify the Lord. Yet praise him, glorify his name. Yet praise him in trouble. Yet praise him, Lord, we lift you up. No matter what you're going through, no matter what rainstorms may come, no matter how you feel in your heart, we need to begin to have what I call a yet praise. Yet still will I praise you, God. Yet still will I give you the glory. Yet still, no matter what's happening around me, you will still get the praise, God. Yet still, you're on the throne. Yet still, I give you glory because you are the one, Father, that takes care of me. When things aren't going well at your job, you should still say, yet will I praise him. When your boss is getting on your last nerve, what should you say? Yet will I praise him. When you open your wallet and you start giving names to the dust bunnies inside, Yet, will I praise him? Some of you are going to get that here in a minute. <laughs> when your money is short and the rent is due, yet, will I praise him? When you don't know if your car will start, yet, will I praise him? When your marriage is rocking, you don't know what you're going to do, yet, will I still praise him? When your kids seem to lose their mind, yet, will I praise him? When their health begins to fade away, and the doctors don't know what to do, yet still will I praise him. When a doctor decides to give you a bad report, yet will I praise him. When your world begins to fall and crumble around you, when your finances are rough and you have no idea where the rent's going to come from, when you wake up in the morning and you feel like you can't go on because you're racked from pain from head to toe, Yet will I praise him. Will you have a yet praise? Will those praise continually come from your mouth? As I close, Amy and I were talking the other day and I mentioned to her that and some people agree with this, some people don't, but that's just me. I'm not a New Year's type of resolution person. That's not me. I am a life resolution person. Because it just so happens that you're hearing this on the first Sunday of the year, but it doesn't mean that it changes throughout the year. This is a lifestyle change. This is a change that sometimes is not easy to do. Sometimes it's not easy to come in here and praise and lift your hands and give God the glory. It's not easy to worship him when things 
are going rough. But that's what we do. It's not meant to be a fad. It's not meant to be something that starts now, loses steam later, and we pick up later back in September. God's praise shall continually be on our lips. Amen. God's praise should continually come from our heart. Amen. This becomes easier by remembering what he does for us, by remembering how he's delivered us in the past, by remembering how he's going to constantly take care of us. God continues to be faithful, not just because he feels like it. That's God's nature. That's who he is. That's how he's made to take care of us. He's faithful to us, so in turn, no matter what goes on, we have to continue to be faithful to him. We need to remember these things. What we see as normal, others will see as abnormal. Just because you praise doesn't mean that you're ignoring your circumstance. It doesn't mean that you don't see what's going on around you. And lastly, we need to transform the change of our struggles into the fuels of our praise. Amen. Let that be a lifestyle change. Again, it's, it's not easy. I've had to constantly, some of you know our story, constantly over the past three to four months, do that. And you've heard me say it a couple of Sundays ago. If he is who he says he is, then I have to believe. That was, the, that was the one thing he told Moses, tell them, I am who I am. That's a pretty powerful statement. When you just tell somebody, I, hey, who's Tari? I am who I say I am, bro. That, that's, that's cocky, but that's who God is, I'm telling you. Read the story of Job. Go in there and look and see how God responded to Job. It was phenomenal. I mean, how dare you say this about me who controls the sea, the monsters of the sea me who who knows how far the east is from the west me who tells who carved the valleys with the rivers it was me god boast it was great that's because that's who he is so if he is who he says he is and if he's who i believe that he is that i have to continue to give him the praise. Amen. Everybody stand with me. I know some of you may be standing and saying that this is a whole lot easier said than done. It's easy to stand up here and say, that I need to give God the glory, that I need to give God the praise. You don't know what my struggle is. You don't know how hard it is for me to come to church and just to be here. I should get credit just for being here. I should get credit just because I graced the doors of the church. That's, that's the least that's the thing I could do. Yeah, you came. That's fantastic. We should be here. But don't go halfway. I think about God the same way. Is God going to meet us halfway at our need? Is God going to halfway love us? Is God going to halfway deliver us? 
Is God going to halfway provide for us? No. So if we're here, we need to do what we need to do. If you're at home, God gave us another day. If you're driving, God gave you a car. If you're going to a job, God gave you a job. If you're spending time with the family that you really don't care about, God gave you a family. There are a lot of things that we have that we take for granted that other people do not have. And we need to give God the glory for it. I thank God that I have two parents still. There's a whole lot of people that don't, even at my age. And I thank God that I grew up in a household that way. I'm fortunate. I thank God for that. Do I agree with everything that they say? Of course I don't. But you know what? I thank God. I thank you. I thank you for the struggles that I've been through with others. And I thank you for the struggles that I'm going through with them now. And I thank you for the struggles that will be there in the future. Why? Because through those struggles, I still know, God, that you are faithful. Not because I want to go through them. I look at them as a, God, as a time or as a way for God to show up and to show out. I look at it as a time for God to say, hey, I am who I say that I am. If you're going to make that commitment with me, not just for this year, not just for this month, but as a life commitment, raise your hand. That's what we're called to do. We were created to give God the praise. It didn't say praise God when things are going through, then you can praise him. We were created to give him the glory. We were created to worship him. He says, if you don't, then the trees and the rocks are going to cry out for you on your behalf. I don't want that to happen for me. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are who you say that you are, Father. I thank you that we have seen you, yourself faithful to us. I thank you, God, that you continue to protect us. You continue to guide us. You continue to deliver us. And I pray for the people here. I pray for us as a body. I know some of the pains and the struggles and the trials that people are going through. I understand that it hurts. I understand the emptiness. I understand the pain. But God, I understand that you, above all, will reign supreme. That you, above all, Father, will take care. As we continue throughout this day, as we continue throughout this week, this month, this year, our lives, Father God, we commit to you that we will begin to have the praise of Job. That we will continue to have a yet praise that we will continue to give you the glory to give you the praise to give you the honor no matter how we feel no matter the pain no matter the struggle no matter the tears and no matter the heartache God I still praise you and I still worship you, Jesus. 
I still stand before you, Father God, and worship you. And to worship your name, Father. I still choose to lift my eyes, even though my eyes may be filled with tears. I still decide to lift my voice to you, even though my voice may be strained from screams. Father God, I still decide to lift my hands, even though my hands are sore from beating the wall. Father God, I still love and I still praise you. Even though my, my clothes are torn and ripped because of the pain and anguish, I still decide to drop to my knees and to give you the glory. Even though my body is racked with pain, even though it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, God, I still decide to believe that you are a healing God, Father. Even though I look at my bank account, Father God, and there's more zeros and decimal points, Father God, I thank you that you, Father, are my provider. I thank you that I look to the hills, Father God, because you're on my provider, and that's where my help comes from, Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus. I pray for this body here that we will continue to have a yet praise. That we will, Father, be categorized as having the praise of Job. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.